Yud Bet Tammuz, Tafshin Ayin Tet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Smach Yesterday, according to the uh, Gregorian calendar, July 14th, 
2019th was the 40th anniversary of Natan Sharansky's um, the the sentence at the uh, trial show trial of Natan Sharansky in uh, in the uh, Soviet Union back in the day and um, yesterday Natan Sharansky posted something which I saw and I want to share with you I just think it's such a beautiful um, uh, a, a beautiful thought and it reminds us all about how far we've come in our lifetime in one lifetime especially regarding the Soviet Union and how for 70 years the Jews of the Soviet Union were uh, behind that iron curtain and the difference that we have today in part thanks to people like Natan Sharansky and so many so many others I had the privilege of meeting him for the first time this past Pesach when he came to speak for our uh, Pesach group led by Rabbi Haskell Lukstein who was very involved in the efforts on behalf of Russian Jewry who visited Russia many many times and met with Sharansky many times in Russia it was an amazing hour and a half or so that we had with him What, what an amazing person Natan Cherensky writes as follows, 40 years ago today I stood before three Soviet judges and said the following words, quote, For 2,000 years the Jewish people, my people, have been dispersed all over the world and seemingly deprived of any hope of returning to their land. But still, each year Jews have stubbornly said to each other, and today, says Sharansky, as he's being sentenced to years and years of hard labor in prison camps, and today when I am further than ever from my dream, from my people, and from my avital, and when many difficult years of prisons and camps lie ahead of me, I say to my wife and to my people, Lishana Habab Yushalayim, and to the court, which is only to read a sentence that was prepared long ago, to you, I have nothing to say. End quote. And Sharansky continues in the post that he put up yesterday the 40th anniversary of that sentencing as I stood trial in that Moscow courtroom my wife Avital marched with thousands of Jews in Amsterdam and The Hague, London and Paris she heard of my final remarks and my sentencing as she landed in Washington D.C. in the eight years that followed she went on marching and the Jews of the world marched on with her It is because of them that eight years after that bleak July 14th in Moscow, I finally made it to Jerusalem and touched a Western Wall. Today, writes Sharansky, the Soviet Empire is gone. And the Jewish story, which it tried to repress, the story of those people who prayed to reach Yerushalayim, lives on. And today... 40 years after my sentencing, my family is prepared to bring 
our seventh grandchild, Lebrito Shel Avraham Avinu, and to the Jewish story in Yerushalayim. Avital and I thank all of you who marched with us and for us. May the Jewish people continue marching together from strength to strength. Posted by Natan Sharansky. My name is Mayor Weingart and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
New music, great new music, by Aaron Razel, Am Yisrael. There's so much in that song. I, I think when we introduced it, when was it, two weeks ago or so, um, I translated some of the words. Um, very, very moving. Um, maybe we'll do a better job of it uh, in one of the coming weeks, but it is such a great... I, I fall in love with it. And, and the video... Of this and the uh, the next song that we're about to play, uh, the video plays an important role in appreciating the song. So do yourself a favor, either look it up on YouTube, Am Yisrael Ahawun Razel, or if you're on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, we um, put down a play, we post a playlist of the songs every week and you'll enjoy the post and uh, you'll be able to enjoy the the videos of the music that we play. Naomi Shemer passed away 15 years ago on Zion Tammuz. That was last week. Right? Because today is... uh, I just said it. (laughs) I can't remember. Uh, The memory just goes... By the way, so today's Yudbet Tammuz, 12th. She passed away on Zion, 7th of Tammuz, last week, just a few days ago. She was the soundtrack. She composed and wrote the soundtrack of the State of Israel during the decades that she was alive. The first few that just come to my mind, Yerushalayim Shel Zahav, of course. Lu Yehi, Anashim Tovim Bem Derech. Atsuv Lamut Tammuz, she wrote. It is sad to die during the month of Tammuz. And that she did. Almost prophetic. Like Yerushalayim Shel Zahav. One of uh, the songs that has um, captured people's not only imagination, but soul was Al Kol Ele, Al Hadvash, Al Haokets, which is also an amazing tefillah about our life in the land of Israel. My friend and mentor, Dr. Lior Gottlieb, was schlepped to uh, the Yad Eliyahu basketball arena, I think it's called Menorah Miftachim now, it sees 17,000 people in Tel Aviv and the music organization, the uh, public social m- music organization called Kululam that in- in- innovated this idea of getting hundreds and thousands of people together to sing no matter where you're from, no matter what you look like, no matter what your background is, let's all sing together. They organized, together with the city of Tel Aviv and others, 
to fill the 17,000 seats with a philharmonic orchestra accompanying the 17,000 singers. So, um, Dr. Gottlieb, Lior went because his whole family went. They got tickets. He was, so he slept along like a good husband slash father. When he got there, he saw what song they were going to be singing. Al hadvash al haoketz al hamar hamatok, the sting, the honey and the sting, the bitter and the sweet. Shmor nali keliatov, please God watch over them for me. Shmor nali, shmor nali, and he said he was so happy that he went because how often do you get to pray together with 17,000 other Jews? The video is awesome. You have to watch it. But the audio is pretty great too. In tribute, memory, 15 years ago, the passing of Naomi Shemer, here is Al Kol Ele, Kululam, Shlomi Shabbat, and 17,000 other people. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
can hear that I can listen to that and I have already hundreds of times and every time I can get excited all over again and have goosebumps at certain points in the song watch the video watch the video watch the video you have to see it Kululam Alkol Ele we'll post it later uh, on our Facebook page facebook.com if you don't have Facebook and you want to get the link of that video send shoot me an email Mayor M E I R Mayor M E I R at Nachum Siegel dot com. That's N A C H U M S E G A L dot com. And uh, just say that you want the link, and I'll send it to you with pleasure. As promised, we're going to talk about um, Ehud Barak. Ehud Barak 
has a long and interesting history. He's almost 80, as Nachum pointed out earlier this morning. He was in the military for most of his life, most of his years. He worked his way up to uh, Chief of Staff Ramatkal. He held many, many positions before that. He is considered the most decorated Israeli soldier, very gutsy, a real hero in military matters. Then he decided that he's going to go into politics and... um, He was embraced by the Labour Party and he embraced them back. He was a minister already in the Rabin government. And uh, his political career was on on the rise. He was like the meteor. Today you couldn't do that. Today they have a law that um, you have to have a three-year thawing out period. Interesting, some places they call it a thawing out, and in some places you're in the freezer. So I'm not sure which it is. But either way, um, people who are chief of staff or other um, high military positions have to wait, like head of Shabak, Shinbet, head of Mossad, you have to wait three years before you can run for office. Anyway, there's no question, and everybody saw this in him, that he has a brilliant mind. And a pretty big ego as well. And um, in 1999, he ran against Benjamin Netanyahu for prime minister. And he won. Very convincingly, by the way. And he he was going to change the world. He came into that job rearing to go his proclamation on uh, on victory night of the elections was that he will not he will make a coalition but he will not include shas the sephardic haredi party the chanting in the crowd rock low shas rock low shas He said he will withdraw the Israeli troops from Lebanon. Israeli troops were in Lebanon since the beginning of the first Lebanon war, which was in 1984. They were occupying a security strip in southern Lebanon in order to be a buffer between the um, the, the Katyusha rockets and northern Israel, and um, many were getting killed. And many Israelis just were fed up. And he announced that he's going to work it all out and withdraw from Lebanon. And then he said he's going to make peace with uh, Syria and with the Palestinian Arabs. And he can, he, can, he can make peace with Syria. I think he said he can make peace with Syria in two weeks or something like that. Some... some what happened at the end was that he was a dismal failure. Not everybody would concede that, but he was. He was an absolute failure as prime minister. He served for a year and a half, which is the least amount that any prime minister served in the history of the state of Israel. 
parenthetically, next this week, this week, Benjamin Netanyahu will reach the number of days as a prime minister that will set the record of all time for a reigning prime minister in Israel, surpassing that of David Ben-Gurion. Yeah, the media are all up in arms about that. How dare he set a record of serving longer than Ben-Gurion. Anyway, back to Ehud Barak. He announced last week, uh, was it last week? When did he announce? June 26th. More than last week. A few weeks ago. June 26th. He announced that he is going to run in the coming elections, the September 17th second try elections. Moid Bet, as they're called in Israel. At the head of a new party, and he inaugurated his new party, Democratic Israel, with a big press conference, and we'll we'll play you clips from that press conference uh, coming up later on the show. But whatever happened to all his plans of um, withdrawing from Lebanon, making peace with Syria, making this uh, with the Palestinian Arabs? Well, through the Americans, President Bill Clinton, he sent very clear messages to Hafez Assad, the father of the current Assad dictator, who was himself a brutal dictator, like father, like son. Ehud Barak sent messages which basically said if we get all our security demands met we will be willing to withdraw from the entire Golan Heights to the border of June 4th 1967. And unlike in previous attempts made by various politicians in Israel to get Assad to negotiate this time as Assad was old and probably saw the end coming and figured let him try and work it out so that his son has it already the Golan Heights in his hand Assad agreed to negotiate and sent his foreign minister to the United States to negotiate with Barack Well, Bill Clinton was excited, ecstatic. He was going to um, broker yet another handshake on the lawn of Israel and an enemy that has now turned to become a friend. But as Ehud Barak got off the plane, he whispered to uh, Dennis Ross, I believe it is, one of the American negotiators, I can't go through with it. I will lose my public standing. Turns out that Ehud Barak was polling Israelis all the time, and he realized that he just, as much as he thought he had 
the majority support for a peace agreement with Syria, which he did, but he didn't have support for a full withdrawal from the Golan Heights. And as he said to Bill Clinton, if I agree, I will have no premiership to go back to in Israel. And so that fell through. He was so confident. He was so full of himself. He'll cut the deal in two weeks. Well, now he's got a problem because Syria controls Lebanon and he was hoping that he'd make a deal with Syria and that would include taking care of the problem in Lebanon and allowing Israeli troops to withdraw from southern Lebanon. But that now that's not going to happen. On the other hand, he wanted to get the troops out of southern Lebanon. He promised he would. He needed to have something to show. So one night, the Israeli Defense Forces, the great army of Israel, the power, the superpower of the area, Tzahal packed up and ran, ran from southern Lebanon, leaving a vacuum that was filled by Hezbollah, which today, as a client proxy of Iran, presents a major threat to Israel. And it's said by many that Tzahal's retreat from southern Lebanon also ultimately triggered what is known as the Second Intifada because the Arabs learned an important lesson if you kill enough Jews if you make their life miserable enough eventually the public pressure in Israel will build up so that they will run away And that's what the Palestinian Arabs tried to do. We'll do a musical break, then we'll let you in on what happened, what insanity Ehud Barak committed at the second Camp David uh, summit. You will be shocked if you haven't heard this before, and unfortunately too many people do not know it. And then we'll play you some clips, which will also shock you, hopefully, from his um, from the inaugural speech that he gave when he uh, launched his party a few weeks ago. Brand new music by Yoni Genut. He's a, he is a great person. He, he's very smart. He raised Shemayim and great musical talent words and lyrics lyrics and <laughs> lyrics and music the name of the song is Yom Achad and it's all about there's always going to be a day when your place in history your job your tafkid in the world will be cemented everybody's got their hour in this world that time doesn't always come when you want it to come. It's better to walk. This is a, actually quoting a Gemara. It's better to walk a roundabout way that is short, meaning 
it it might seem like the um like the trek is longer but at but it actually is easier and brings you to your goal quicker as don't go screaming and shouting and pushing don't don't worry one day everything that we think is important won't be considered important at all the glory the honor the money one day everything will be achdut. Kol haneshama tehalel ya hallelujah. Meaning the days of Mashiach, the end times, when all people will praise God. Everybody has an hour, everybody has an important moment in their life in this world. Even if it doesn't even things are not going exactly the way you'd like them to go. Bayom, on that day that everybody feels special. I am special. I am unique. Bayom hahu Hashem echad ushmo echad. Yoni Genut, brand new music. Yom echad. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Great stuff here on Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you for joining us and making us a part of your week. Reminder that JM in the AM this entire week will be broadcasting from Israel. I shouldn't say this entire week. What's left of this entire week will be broadcasting from Israel. So, um, you want to stay tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network on the app or on the uh, stream, whatever way you do, you should stay tuned right here because in addition to everything else, there's great programming here. All kinds of great programming, but Jamie the Aim is the flagship and uh, great programs are being planned. Yom NCSY well over a thousand kids that are in Israel for the summer get together for one great evening a blast and many other events so uh, stay tuned you don't want to miss that Nachum in Israel it is always great programming always great programming we're talking about Ehud Barak and his failures during his um, first stint as Prime Minister in 1999 he wants to go at it again for some reason that we don't understand. Um, as part of his peacemaking concession campaign or tour or whatever you want to call it around the Middle East, Ehud Barak felt that he was able to make he would be able to make a, a deal with Yasser Arafat, and he convinced President Clinton against the advice of President Clinton's many advisors. He convinced President Clinton to convene a summit at Camp David, Camp David II, it was called, to convene a summit where um, President Clinton, Prime Minister Barack, and Yasser Arafat will negotiate until they come up with a deal. Make a long story short. At this summit, Ehud Barak agreed as part of the negotiations, agreed to splitting Yerushalayim, dividing it, giving sovereignty to parts of Yerushalayim, to the Palestinian Authority or what would eventually be a Palestinian state and give up sovereignty over Har Habayit 
According to Nadav Shagay, he never expressed regret over that. It takes a few minutes to sink in. But you imagine that this man is now really trying to convince the Israeli people to vote for him. He's a a very sought-after commentator on television. He's a great he's a great convincer. He's not a great orator, but he, he speaks very convincingly. I I don't understand how he walks around and shows his face in public. You have to be made of a certain type of ego. And ultimately Yasser Arafat saved him because Yasser Arafat refused to accept the best deal that he would ever be offered. You imagine that? It was almost all the territory of uh, 67. It was parts of Yerushalayim. It was sovereignty over Harabayat. And Yasser Arafat walked away. Let's just say Yasser Arafat saved us. But what Barak did is haunting us to this day. Almost 20 years later. Because any talk of negotiations with the Palestinian Arabs begins with well, let's start from where we left off at Camp David. We, the Palestinian Arabs, see that Israelis are ready to concede on Yerushalayim, even though they claim they're not. He exposed his hand. The fact that that was his hand is in itself crazy. To me... That's unforgivable. I don't understand how you how how you could possibly do that. And since then, for the last twenty years, he runs around the world, made a lot of money, a lot of money. Runs around the world, telling everybody how terrible Netanyahu is. Well, not all of the time, part of the time. Part of the time he was Netanyahu's defense minister. That's the craziness that goes on. He was Netanyahu's commander in Sayeret Matkal. So there's a lot of history there. And now, his offensive over the past few years is we must get rid of Netanyahu, no matter what it takes. And he thinks that his opening of a new party, his inaugurating a new party, is going to do that. I don't think so. If you want to be shocked more, if it's not a shock enough that the Prime Minister of Israel is ready to agree in an in, in, in a, um, agreement with Yasser Arafat to divide Yerushalayim and give Arabs sovereignty over Har Habayit, If that's not enough, wait. We have clips of uh, some of the speech that he gave on the inaugural night. So if you haven't been uh, 
shocked enough. Wait till you hear what he has to say now. New music, Echani Yosef Shalom by Ehud Ariel, the son of Mayor Ariel. Mayor Ariel was a very interesting person. If you want to know more about him, read Yossi Klein Halevi's We Were As Dreamers. One of the one of the soldiers that was involved in the liberation of Yerushalayim. The words are by Mayor Ariel. The music, I believe, is by his son. Echani Yosef Shalom. How do I make peace? I start with making peace with myself. That's a very interesting song. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shalom im atzmi, lama im ani, besirsuch benimi. Az ani gam lo kol kach, besedar im ishti, shehi be'etzem atzmi u besarem. Omer la bekol ram, ma shani lo meiz, legamgem le'atzmi. Az kodem kol, ani ose, shalom im atzmi. Eich ani ose shalom, shalom, eich ani ose shalom. שלום עם הסביבה. אני עלול לבוא הביתה אל אשתי החביבה ולהתחיל לחחר ריב ומריבה. ויוצא שהשלום הלך פרח מהסביבה גם ביני לביני וגם ביני לאישה. איך אני עושה שלום? שלום. איך אני עושה שלום? איך אני עושה? ואם אני לא רוצה לתת לסביבתי עילה להתערב בענייני הפרטי אז קודם כל Ehud Ariel, son of Mayor Ariel. The words are by Mayor Ariel, and the music is by Ehud Ariel. How do I make peace? First, I make peace with myself, then, I make peace with my wife, then, I make peace with my surroundings. That's how I'm able to make peace. Listener Moshe Eisenberg who is always um, a, a, a font of, of information. 
comments on the app, similar to the Sharansky saga that we mentioned earlier in the show, today is 12th of Tammuz. It's a Chabad Yom Tov. In 1927, the previous Rebbe, who had been arrested for quote-unquote counter-revolutionary activities, i.e. spreading Yiddishkeit, was let out of jail after the death sentence was commuted. Now, in contrast, today, 400 shluchim of Chabad are in the, Soviet, are in the former Soviet Union. And 70 Lubavitch, most of those organizations, schools, etc., in Moscow alone Thousands of Jewish children light the menorah in Red Square next to Lenin and Stalin's tomb. Absolutely. Absolutely miraculous. When, uh, we live in the most miraculous times. Um, note to the affiliates, we're going to go long, we're going to go over. Yoni is uh, not going to be broadcasting his uh, show, usually broadcasts after further review covering the latest in the world of sports. But he is off today, and so uh, we're going to go long. But, as usual, right after Yoni's slot, which is in about an hour and three minutes from now, Jake Novak with Novak Now, and he's going to explain how thanks to some exciting news about Israel's dominant F-35 Adir jets, it's now confirmed that Novak Now, listen, that Novak Now listeners are more informed on military intelligence than the leader of Iran. That'll be interesting to hear. So we shared with you some of the absolute crazy irrational moves that Ehud Barak made as Prime Minister and his utter failure in that job, holding it for a year and a half less than any other Prime Minister before him. I also want to share with you Ehud Barak today I mean that was 20 years ago at the opening at the inauguration of his party on June the 26th in part he referred to the Bayit HaYehudi, the religious Zionist party, headed by Rabbi Rafi Peretz and Bitzalo Smotrich, in such derogatory terms. And then, as part of one of the more inane quotes from Ehud Barak, it's as if he joined the Satmar Hasidim. So here we go. This is clip number one. He calls them, this the, the Bayit HaYehudi, a group of racist, extreme messianists that distort real Judaism and Zionism. He's the commenter on real Judaism. You understand? He has he has the key to what real Judaism is about and these people are uh, just perverting that distorting that. Then he tells 
that um, we've edited out some of the irrelevant parts, but he talks about how he received as a um, as a gift a Talmud Bavli and Yerushalmi in one uh, in in one book. Must be very small type. And he learned of all the things in the Talmud Yerushalmi and the Talmud Bavli. He learned about Chazal's warnings. There are two things he says that Chazal warn us about. Kanaut Mishichit, zealous messianism, bitsiwuf im shchitut vitsfiyut, together with corruption and hypocrisy. <laughs> now, in a moment, you're going to hear where he gets that from, but in the meantime, let's share, let's share this part with you. <laughs> ושם אתה מוצא את האזהרות, האזהרות של חכמינו זיכרונם לברכה, כנגד שני המקרים שבהם קנאות משיחית בצירוף עם שחיתות וצביעות, היינו באלכסנדר ינאי, הביאו לחורבן. He speaks about the fact that Chazal noted, and Chazal were against the Bar Kokhva revolt, many, I mean, Rabbi Akiva supported it, obviously, and probably others. But later on, once everybody saw what the results, the failure of the Bar Kokhva revolt, in the Gemara, you will find most of the Moraim being against messianism that they felt um, brought about the Hurban the extreme messianism, the corruption, and so forth. And now, here it is, Ehud Barak, sort of like joining up with Satmar. Mulman ha-Talmud mazir, al tidchaku et ha-Ketz, ha-Mashiach yesho luar zmanim, lo tafkidchem la-azor lo lachlit matay la-agiyah. אל תעלו בחומה, אל תתגרו בכוחות הגדולים של ההיסטוריה באותו יום. והכי חשוב, אל תזרעו שנאת חינם. So besides the fact that he's misquoting the Gemara, it is shocking, <laughs> shocking, that this leader of the state of Israel, this secular leader of the state of Israel, who was the commander of chief of its army, is quoting... The, capital T-H-E, the Midrash brought in the Gemara and Ketuvot that warns the Jewish people against using force to return to the land of Israel. You understand? He's quoting the Satmar argument which has been debunked many, many times. But that's neither here nor there. He's quoting this Satmar argument. Al talu b'choma, shlo yalu b'choma. 
that while the Jewish people are in the Galut, they shouldn't come up to Eretz Yisrael with force. And the other oath that God made us take, that we shouldn't do things that the other nations of the world would be upset. I mean, everything Ehud Barak does is against these two Shvuot. Everything he's done in his life. And then he adds a third, which is not in this Gemara. He's not very well versed, I believe, in the Gemara, and I would be shocked if he spent much time with that Gemara Talmud Yerushalmi and Bavli that he got. He says, and the third one is that there shouldn't be Sinat Chinam. And of course he accuses Netanyahu of, uh, of splitting the people, but in this particular case he's accusing the Bayit HaYehudi, the religious Zionist party, of being divisive. And of having being part of extreme messianism. And he even says, where's the quote? Which is also not in this Gemara. The Messiah, the Mashiach, has his own schedule. It's not your job to help him decide when to arrive. The whole Zionist movement has now been called into question by Ehud Barak. That is what Zionism did. Zionism was a revolt against this. Zionism said, we are going to return to the land of Israel. We're not waiting for Mashiach. And now Ehud Barak is giving Musser to the religious Zionist party and telling them that they're too extreme in their messianism that they're distorting the real Judaism here's the last clip this should make you laugh if it wouldn't be so sad he talks about the transgressions that the Bayit HaYehudi commit every day what are they? they transgress that seems to be some sort of a mitzvah that they're transgressing I don't know why or how and by the way he misquotes the pasuk they transgress which is also a misquote of the phrase but anyway it doesn't matter and they transgress every day, shivim panim la Torah and asel harav. And they do this every day in the name of their hallucinatory visions that distort all of Judaism. Like when I read this, I said, "What's he doing? He he's just like throwing out saying that their hearts la Torah, just He's like throwing out all the expressions that he possibly knows and and accusing them. You gotta hear this. I mean, it's just hysterical.
האנשים האלה שעוברים יום יום על דרכיה דרכי נועם וכל דרכי השלום, שעוברים יום יום על קדמה דרך ארץ ותורה, שעוברים יום יום על שבעים פנים לתורה ועל עשה לחריו, עוברים יום יום בשם חזיונות הזויים שמעוותים ומסלפים את היהדות כולה. I don't, I, I decided not to bring the, the rest of the clip, but in the rest of the clip he, he basically claims that um, Rabbi Rafi Peretz, Betzal uh, Smotrich, Betzal Smotrich's father, who's a leading rabbi in the religious Zionist Chardali movement, and other rabbis that he mentions, that they're, he's a better Jew than they are. Okay. Whatever you say, sir. And he says it with such... Wow. Oh my gosh. Don't take him seriously. I mean, from the standpoint of the right in Israel, of the right wing of Israel, there is a chance that his running will do to the left what Bennett and Faglin did to the right in the previous election, which is basically waste all the votes that are going to go to him because he won't reach the threshold. And so all those votes will go down. I'm afraid that's going to happen in the right wing again if they don't get their act together soon. But that's for another time. We'll be back next week with a special... uh, three weeks edition which uh, basically will be the same but it'll include slow and inspirational music over um, the regular kind of music that we play slow and inspirational Israeli music we're going to close out with a song that we used as a filler before so we'll give it its proper due Hashmini et Kolech Shlomo Kabach wrote it um, and uh, this is sung by Ehud Banai and we'll do that after we say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebooks, likes, and comments. And we remind you, links to all the songs we played today are on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Thanks to the staff for the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. And I'm reminding you to listen for the rest of the week to JM in the AM for special programming. Nachum will be in Israel leaving this morning. We'll be in Israel and uh, great, great, amazing broadcasts, excitement in the air always when Nachum is in Israel. So stay tuned to JM in the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network for that. Uh, coming up in about um, 50 minutes from now, Novak now. Jake Novak explains how, thanks to some exciting news about Israel's dominant F-35 Adir jets, it's now confirmed that Novak now listeners are more informed on military intelligence than the leader of Iran. And then, after that, the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.